Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Jay, you heard Kirk's on a one-year deal again. Um, Kirk or... Kirk. Yeah, Kirk with a K. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. Well played, John. I'm sorry, I mean Jay. Way to own it. Talk with the whole pan, pan thing. thing. Is that three Ks or... Yeah. Not sure how that goes. What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Some guy named Nick Saban, only the greatest coach in college football history, joins us later. Cam looks great and has a new approach, while Lucky Whitehead gets a new home. But we start with whether or not Kyrie will have a new team next season. Owner Dan Gilbert introduced new GM Kobe Altman this afternoon, and they put their best spin on Cleveland's topsy-turvy offseason. Where do things stand with Kyrie Irving? Sure, we've had dialogue with his representation. Um, it's a fluid situation and something that we're just not going to address right now. You know, I, again, I don't know the sources of the, the report that there's a, a trade request made. I, you know, so I, I just I, you know, so I read it in the media like... Some of you reported and some of you read, but I, you know, we talked about a wide range of, of possibilities in the future at that time. Do you expect Kyrie to be in training camp this year when, when the team reports? Do you expect him to be on this team? Right now, Kyrie Irving's on a contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, two or three years, depending on the last year. So uh, yeah, as, as of now, I, he's one of our, our best players, and sure, we expect him to be in camp. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I came away from this press conference even more convinced that Kyrie Irving needs to get or once again get comfortable in Cleveland because they're not moving him if, anytime soon, if at all. I came away from this press conference thinking, uh, my thinking remaining unchanged. And by that, I don't think they moved the needle either way. They gave the most professional, we're not sure, maybe, that you can possibly imagine because the truth is they don't know. I mean, look, uh, I, I think if the right deal presented themselves. It's a big if. It is a, it is a big if given what we think that they're asking for. But I certainly didn't take that as some kind of endorsement uh, that they were banging their uh, fist against the table saying, no, damn it, he's not going anywhere. I didn't take it to mean that. I think they just I think they still remain very open to it. Well, I think you're open to it in that if somebody blows you away, sure. But this certainly was not, you know, Phil Jackson saying, yeah, give us a call for Chris Stapp's Porzingis. They're not putting a for sale sign on Kyrie, so to speak. But I look at this as as Dan Gilbert pointed out. He's got two years left on his contract. He's one of our best players. Many have reported, and I believe it to be true, that they want the mother load. They want young players, picks, and somebody to help them contend now as long as LeBron is still there. So for the same reason that they're asking for the world for Kyrie, they're in no rush to trade Kyrie because he has two years left. They can play this out this year, force him to come back and honor his contract, and then if LeBron leaves, say, do you want this team? Okay, we'll trade you with a year left. If not... He can be the person that they continue to build around. The biggest, the, the most important thing that Dan Gilbert said in that press conference was taking that shot at the Pacers, saying, you know what? I think Indiana could have done better for Paul George, right. which means we ain't getting played. We're definitely not going to play ourselves by just because somebody asked to be traded that we're going to do it because he's unhappy. He's got a contract. Well, they have some leverage, but I think they also understand that being Kyrie Irving, in a weird way, making himself available through a trade request, and for that matter, it getting out there to the media – 
may help the Cavs in this regard oh. is that, look, they've been trying all summer. We'll talk, to, talk about the state of the organization uh, in a moment. They've been trying all summer to figure out a way to retool. Right now they have a roster where really Kyrie Irving is the most attractive piece. Now, if you believe those other reports, he was mentioned in trade talks before. Hence why I don't really. I, I, and they turned it down and for they Paul turned, George. They did turn it down reported. for Paul George. But I say all that to say is maybe if the right deal presents itself, the best way that you can continue to build around LeBron That's is a big by is. trading. You got Kyrie Phoenix Irving. reportedly saying we're not giving up Josh Jackson. I don't think people are going to give them what they're looking for. Uh, and meanwhile, Chris Haynes reports LeBron and new acquisition Derrick Rose are working out in Vegas. Hmm. Does that mean LeBron is already preparing for Kyrie's departure? Let me stop being messy because the Cavs brass believes the media is blowing things out of proportion when it comes to Kyrie and LeBron's relationship. LeBron remains deeply committed to this organization. He remains deeply committed to this team um, and deeply committed to this city. And LeBron's been, he's been helpful this offseason. He's been helpful with our, our players and our recruitment. And he's, he's, you know, it's just kind of crazy when you're reading a bunch of stuff and, and you're living it and, and it's, it doesn't sort of drive together. So, Do you believe that Kyrie and LeBron could coexist at this point? Well, they have. They really have. Um, I think a lot of it's been overblown. Um, I think the people that are in this building every day haven't seen any of that animosity. See, they answered everything in past tense. Like, we're, we're living it. Well, you haven't seen really either of these guys, right, since a lot of this stuff has kind of materialized. Um, they haven't been in the same room together since it has. And they said, okay, from what we've seen around this building, yeah, before that the, you know, the bombshell dropped that Kyrie Irving wanted a trade, yeah, what you saw before that happened, sure, it jives with everything that they said. I mean, look, I don't know if LeBron James uh, is the type of person – to carry on whatever's lingering from this situation into the offseason. I'm going to guess no. I think, it, I think it matters, but I don't know if that's going to be the thing that would preclude them from winning games. It won't. You know what you're going to get from LeBron. He's going to show up and make the right play every time. But chemistry, he's, he's but in chemistry it, he's in it does to win matter. It. You know what? Chemistry but, matters. So this isn't a new frustration for Kyrie Irving. This is something that he's suppressed. The answer to the question, to answer the question, can they coexist? What choice might they have? They both come back and they're under contract. That's why it's called professional basketball. You got a job to do. And neither one of them would behoove neither of them to show up and do that job below their already lofty standards. LeBron's in it for, he doesn't need Kyrie's approval or Kyrie's affection or Kyrie's friendship to perform like the best player in the world. It would, it would benefit Kyrie in terms of his overall value. Chauncey Billups alluded to this. He's alarmed. If he's saying, well, what don't you have? How are you being held back? Why would you want to leave a winning situation? If Kyrie were to go and pout and start to, to ball hog and, 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 and hurt the team on the court, how does that help him? How does it help either, either of them? So, yes, they can coexist. Well, see, I think you're taking it to an extreme by, the, by thinking that that means that suddenly Kyrie is going to become disinterested or it's going to show up in some ways on the court. So they can but, argue their way all the way back to the finals. Okay, that's fine. But there are, there are little ways in which things like what happened this summer show up. You mean like subtweeting? Could be subtweeting. Could like be press conferences. Could be any could be of like that. arguments on the sideline. <laughs> it could be any of like that. Could be like the coach. Could be any of that. I go down the list it of all the drama that has surrounded King James over the years, and you know where he ends up in the finals. Okay. He's already working with Derrick Rose, not as a shot to Kyrie, but like he's at work. Right. He's getting ready. Kyrie, you know what he's going to do? Be ready to play for whoever 
has his rights, and it's right now it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm just curious how this might linger. Let's talk about first world problems. The Cavs have the best player in the world, two other all-stars coming off a third straight trip to the finals, and yet it feels like things are falling apart because other contenders were getting better while Dan Gilbert was getting rid of his respected GM and swinging and missing on Chauncey Billups, though Gilbert called their talks quote-unquote informal. Sure, here's what he and Altman had to say to those who call the Cavs dysfunctional or say that they're self-destructing. It's unfortunate sort of the narrative uh, that's going on right now. Um, you know, in terms of where, we, where we're at, uh, this thing is not broken. Um, we are uh, a very successful organization, and we're going to continue to drive for that success. Um, uh, get better and grow. Obviously, adjustments need to be made every year, uh, but I want us to be very prideful of where we are as an organization um, and, and how good we've been and how, con- how good we'll be con- continue to be. That's what I'm saying. Things aren't that bad. Now, if David Griffin was still there, could he have continued to, you know, mentor or, or uh, console or kind of massage Kyrie's ego based on the relationship that we believe they had? Yeah, absolutely. But he's not. They elevated Kobe Altman. They still have LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. You're still penciling them in for the Eastern Conference Finals, if not a return trip to the finals. So how bad is it really? It's not as bad as the conversations were suggested. We're also talking in the offseason, and Mm -hmm. no games have been played. And we've certainly seen, as you pointed out, some of the the other mini-dramas that the Cavs have had. Usually they've been able to pull it together, but... Sometimes a group is together so long that there is a certain wearing that takes place. You, you just said a minute ago, yes, Kyrie was able to suppress whatever desires that he had, and they were able to win the championship uh, last year, and they made it back to the finals this year. But as time goes on, these things start to wear sometimes on organizations. So, again, I respect his optimism, and he's right, but you also have a situation where their most meaningful signing has been Derrick Rose. Meanwhile, other teams are getting better. Right. Meanwhile, the Celtics have gotten oh, the better. It's better than the Cavaliers right now. I mean, but that's it's on paper. That's a, that's a, that's a question paper. that is a little bit closer and a little harder to answer than it was last offseason. So you never know what will happen if, let's say, the Cavs started, if they start not to look like a team that we can automatically ink into the finals. Mm-hmm. See, because it's when the adversity and the losing, when that stuff starts to happen, that's when you find out what everybody's really about. But again, really you're about. really talking about three parties. You're talking about three veteran parties. Like Kevin Love's been through the fires. So I'm not even talking mm-hmm. about him. You're talking about Ty Lue, who is as equipped as anybody to manage this situation. LeBron is going to be a professional, okay? He may subtweet people. He may be passive-aggressive, but he's going to show up and give it his best. It's what he's built to do. Kyrie, what alternative does he have? The people that say there's no coming back for, from this, he's out the door. you got to get rid of him. It's going to be toxic. What alternative does he have if they don't get the right deal is my point. Like, they're all grown-ups. And at a certain point, you can kick and scream all you want. You can, maybe that's why he's upset that it got out, because Kyrie knows that he can't dictate this situation. So now that it got out, he's going to have to answer for it if he's still in Cleveland. If he gets moved, they'll move on. But if he doesn't, they have no alternative but to continue doing what they've been doing. Patriots veterans reported for training camp today. Practice starts tomorrow. Predictions have long been in full effect. And they're as bold as the Patriots were this offseason. To call them overwhelming favorites would be an understatement. Our football power index gives New England a 35% chance to win a second straight Super Bowl, which, of course, no team has done since the 0304 Patriots. A lot of people, including yours, truly think they'll run the table. But we all know how Bill Belichick runs his press conferences. So a reporter took a creative approach to asking the undefeated question. You think I would have been better off reading the July issue of Nantucket Magazine? For what? For reading instead of talking about you guys going undefeated. Yeah. I don't know. See, I feel like Bill Belichick right now. 
I'm already sick of the undefeated storyline. I'm not saying that they won't do it because I agree with you. They probably will run the table, but I'm just already tired of hearing about it. Like how many tired of the Patriots? Or are you tired? I'm not tired of the Patriots winning. I want Bostonians to be clear about this. <laughs> I'm not tired of them winning. I'm not tired of hearing about their dominance. But in many ways, honestly, I'm tired of us talking about how good they are. Why? Because this just in, they're good. That's like every year when you read about Bill Gates being rich. Oh, what a shocker. He's got billions of dollars. Like, yeah, they're good. All right. Move on. Others did that the Warriors were the best thing to happen to the NBA. How is this? This is realistic. I didn't say this was bad for the NFL. I just said you're tired of conversation. It's a good conversation to be discussing whether or not they can complete what they didn't do in 2007, given the way they approached this offseason. Can Tom Brady, is he going to fall off a cliff or is he going to continue in his 40s with Jimmy Garoppolo waiting in the really trying to create some fake drama around this team. They don't have any, Mike. I'm looking at their roster, or I, or I have looked at it. I don't have any. Why are you of me. only attracted to drama? Why I'm not just attracted to drama, but it's like, okay, the Patriots showed up at camp today, and guess what? They're good. Bill Belichick wasn't going to answer a question about being undefeated. Move on. No new news. Congratulations. Patriots are good. We broke this on the six. This just in. All right, let's talk about some real drama. With all the drama around Ezekiel Elliott, who would have guessed the biggest controversy to come out of Cowboys camp would involve Lucky Whitehead. Cowboys cut Whitehead after a report he was arrested for shoplifting, but the police later apologized because it turns out someone else was impersonating him. Uh, here's Whitehead speaking with ABC News. If you're going to hold me accountable, hold me accountable for something I did. You know, I, was, I didn't even get 24 hours to even clear my name on this. Like I said, I found out at 12.48. By 2.30, 3 o'clock, I was released. You know what I mean? I just got thrown to the wolves, and uh, I was blindsided. You know, I, my back was against the wall. As an organization, we preach all these mantras, and, you know, they kind of went away from that. And it's not the end of me, you know, and I'm definitely going to return from this. Well, he spoke it right into existence because he was claimed off waivers by the Jets. So I guess he was lucky. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Couldn't help it. I haven't rooted this hard for a lucky since pocket poetic justice. I am that's so a, happy right not, now because the Cowboys, the, what, the Cowboys did him so dirty and was so arrogant as to be like, oh, we've moved on, as opposed to just walking that mistake back when he was misidentified. I'm glad he landed on his feet, and I hope he blows up. I hope he goes and, and has a, an amazing career, and it's one of the biggest mistakes in Cowboy history because that was just wrong how they did him. So I am very happy for Lucky Whitehead. Okay. Yes. Uh, one, you do realize Poetic Justice was a good trash movie. Um, two, I'll say, look, I, you, the Cowboys made a mistake. No, 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 no. Go back to number one. It was a good trash movie, Mike. You don't think that your, movie was, like, actually in, good, right? movies is trash. No, it's not. Like, no, it really is. is. Janet Jackson or the Dookie Bates. Don't you be... ever disparage Janet Jackson again in your I life. Just, really? Okay? Lucky and the Postman. And it was a late grade Tupac Shakur who would have won Oscars if not for his not unfortunate Not for Poetic Justice, demise. that's for sure. Okay? <laughs> I said a good trash movie. That's a, you know, you My probably... man Lucky Whitehead out here got a job, got an apartment. <laughs> Got income, income coming, coming in. in. Brushing his face. Yeah. Where's Regina Hall putting Jen in her, uh, I guess, what is her? Regina King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whoever. See, that's how much I thought of Poetic Justice. What's your point on? on My point is that, yes, I'm happy that he landed where he landed. But the other part of this is that, you know, he's I think we're getting a little bit overblown with the whole the Cowboys did him so bad as if he didn't have something in some ways to contribute to their lack of trust in him. But it really wasn't him. Falcons Mm. training camp opened today and Julio Jones, a.k.a. Waffle House, because he's always open, won't start out on PUP, but will be limited when practice starts tomorrow. He was also limited to just $100,000 earring. 
after losing it in a lake when he was thrown off his jet ski. Jones hired a diving team to try to retrieve it, but they were unsuccessful. He said, as long as I'm good, it's materialistic stuff. You can always get that kind of stuff back. Man, first you lose a ring. Too soon, right? Too soon? Sorry. Oh, I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. That was, I'm sorry. That was out cold. That yeah. was out cold. And then he, at first you lose a ring, then you lose an earring. Mm. See, that's how you know. That's, he, just, that's a $100,000? He's too rich. I don't like losing $5. He's, he's too rich, okay? He's like, I'm good. He's okay. like, oh, well, in some, look, considering, uh, and I, I understood what he meant because there have been, he's thinking about it from the perspective, like, this could have been a bad accident. Something sure. worse could have happened than me losing this diamond or earring or whatever. But if I'm him <laughs> and I lost $150,000. It's $150? Well, it's worth $150, yeah. Oh, I, got, I said $100. It's no, no, it's, it's $150. Ooh, yeah, that's man. what his jeweler said. He, his jeweler said it, was, oh, okay. it was worth $150. And they still can't find it, huh? It's too deep? They still can't find oh, it. Man. Look, the, the ocean has it now. I limited to, I, I'm a watch... Wedding ring. I don't you see I, no jewelry, no nothing. So I, I can't. I don't even know what that world is like. Mm. Unbelievable. But at least he's healing well from that off-season foot surgery. Got to Green Bay not too long ago. Couldn't get in the door. So tonight I'm sleeping on the floor in my locker. Camp life, day one. <laughs> sleeping on the floor actually doesn't bother me. I actually like to sleep on the floor from time to time. Honestly, but. Should tell somebody else we'll be getting in late tonight. I need ghost hunting the Packers though, cause there's some ghosts that's gonna come out. The <laughs> um, locker room. I need to get out of here, cause I'm the only black person in this scary movie. And you know the black guy has to, has to die, so I need to recruit some other black guys. <laughs> I think you just stumbled on a pilot there. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. Nick alone, Martellus Bennett, just alone in the locker room every night. Just that is kind of creepy though. He got a point. We got a history of not making it. <laughs> So I, he, he's keeping it 100. He wasn't, he wasn't off the radar by saying that. What's the earliest you ever been to camp? They ain't had to be there until 6 in the morning. Why are you getting there so early sleeping on the floor? Well, for me, I was over there because I, I had to get in the sauna and kind of sweat it out before I got on that scale. So that, that, was, that was my problem. All right. Well, uh, speaking of camp, um, we've all lost things before. And yeah, one of the I most can't. aggravating things is one of the most aggravating things in the world. And who among us hasn't been in the same position as Cowboys pass rusher David Irving, who lost his nipple ring at practice Yesterday. Yeah. Some type of freak. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just put, let's just put it right out there. Right? I mean, Bruh, a ring. He's a defensive lineman. He gets hit in the chest all the time. At some point, it's not about convenience. It's about like. And for him to have it on there in practice, he must like the pain. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. So, is that, so that's not a popular thing in locker rooms? Like, I've been in locker rooms, but I was never checking for cast nipple rings or whatnot. Well, let's be honest. If you was in a locker room, your locker mate, right, you just changing your clothes and you see a nipple ring, first thing in your mind is it like, oh, that's a nice nipple ring. You're like, dude, really? Like, what, what you into? What are you into? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's, a little, that's a little eccentric. Yeah, it so. is. I mean, certain piercings say, I guess, say things about you. I swallowed a tongue ring once. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> I did. The post came out. We're in the trust tree. We're in the trust tree. Let me explain the story. It's not, I look on it's your not face. the norm that guys have nipple rings, but I, I know guys that usually take it off because th- that happens. It right. falls out. They get oh, hit I in the chest. You. So for him you. to wear it, I'm like, hmm. What's the crazy? The Julio Jones we were talking about earlier lost right. $150,000 earring at the bottom of a lake. What's the craziest thing somebody's lost in a locker room or just? Oh, I've, I've seen guys lose bracelets in strip clubs. Uh, I've seen seriously in the strip club. Huh? <laughs> yeah, just flat out 50k okay. gone. Uh, I've seen guys. Sure they lost it. There you go. Okay. Uh, you gotta know your. You gotta know your personnel. <laughs> uh, I've seen guys lose t- tons of things. Uh, I've seen guys lose 
car deeds and, and games. I've seen some oh, reckless. Those Blu-ray games, I know. Yeah, about there those. you go. So Cam Newton lost some weight down to 246. Got a lot of people excited. Sports Illustrated article today on the Panthers changing offensive philosophy this season is uh, one of the money quotes. All signs point to the Panthers transitioning away from their deep ball offense and design quarterback runs. Two of the staples of an offense that helped make Cam Newton a superstar. This spring, the Panthers added Christian McCaffrey and second rounder Curtis Samuel to the squad in what looks to be a clear attempt to get faster on offense and the ball out of Newton's hand more quickly. Now, in the last three years, Cam has had ankle surgery, cracked ribs, fractured back, one known concussion. We know he's had more than that. And surgery, of course, on his throwing shoulder from which he is recovering. They start practicing, I think, about five minutes from now. Mm. You are uniquely qualified for this conversation. Not, sure. not in general that you aren't. But, but I've been broke up in my career. I well, well, no, but you before you finished up with the Jets, but you with the Steelers. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger had to experience a similar. He was always known for extending plays and being off schedule. Had to better protect himself, especially under Todd Haley from Bruce Arians. You see similarities in terms of Cam Newton. In other words, can he change? Can he evolve at this stage? Yeah, but I, I think him changing is they realize this man's worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah, know? and he's already like you just mentioned. He's already suffered enough injuries. They can't, can't keep having this guy getting hit. And, you know, listen, he's coming off shoulder surgery, and they got to get the ball out of his hands, and they got to get playmakers. This is all about trying to protect him at the end of the day. And for me, I think Cam has, just has to smarten up a little bit, too. He has to make better decisions with the ball. We, we know he can't pick up a green dog blitz. He's exposed in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's like, listen, you cost too much. We're going to get some playmakers around you, and we're going to dink and dunk this thing, and we're going to get home. And yeah, you've seen so about. many quarterbacks extend their careers, whether it's Brady. I mean, Rodgers can do it all, but they get the ball out of your hands quicker. A lot of guys have to learn that sometimes the hard way. All the way back to Steve Young. Right. you got to get better from the pocket if you're going to survive. And they're not getting away from the zone not. either. They're going to be running the ball. With is him, though? Uh, no, I with running they're going to lessen that. Yeah, they're going to lessen. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be protected. So, sure. All right, man. Well, you always did a good job of protecting us. Thank Thanks you, man. Protecting uh, us. Where's the, you know, where the, the blink? Man, it broke in the lunchroom. What? Or did you lose it at the... Never mind. <laughs> Yankees beat the Reds 9-5 today. Todd Frazier hit a home run in the seventh inning. I point out Todd Frazier yesterday hit into a triple play with an RBI. <laughs> so that's Way to bounce back. Didi, fourth home run in his last three games. Obviously, Frazier's first as a Yankee. Now go get Sonny Gray. <laughs> well, some trade deadline action here. Go get Sonny Gray. Let's do this. Well, the downside for the Yankees is the Red Sox are currently up 4 nothing on Seattle. And, uh, well, if they win, they may go a full game ahead up in the division. So, get away from me. <laughs> Chris Paul and James Harden playing pickup. On a related note, Ian Begley says... A Kyrie trade to the Knicks is unlikely as Carmelo's focus remains the Rockets. Do you still have doubts about CP3 and Harden sharing the ball? I'm not saying he's supposed to take anything away from pickup. No, I don't. In general. I don't have any doubts because they wanted to play together, so I, I feel like it'll work itself out. But it's interesting that Melo still remains locked in, which only continues to lead me to believe he'll be in New York all year. Because he's locked in on one team. You might start looking at Portland. All right, IT doesn't need hip surgery. Uh, these people who keep suggesting the Celtics trade IT and more for Kyrie. What are they thinking? Oh no, because why would the Celtics do business with the Cavs? With the Cavaliers to make begin sense. with. You know, because again, and this is why people think I'm crazy for thinking that this is not going to happen. Like the Celtics, they have everything the Cavs could want. Veteran to help now. Young pieces, picks. You think they're coming up off of that for Kyrie? No, not Kyrie at all. Kyrie is just valuable enough with just enough holes in his game not to get a deal done. Mark my words. Cavs introduced new GM Kobe Altman today. And here's more of Altman on the reported animosity between Kyrie and LeBron, all that butt-kicking stuff. I think a lot of it's been overblown. 
Um, I think the people that are in this building every day haven't seen any of that animosity. Uh, this is, uh, and along with Kevin Love, this is a group that has got us to three straight finals and won an NBA championship together. Right now, Kyrie Irving's on a contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, two or three years, depending on the last year. So uh, yeah, as, as of now, I, he's one of our, our best players, and sure, we expect him to be in camp. All right, we shared our own impressions of the press conference earlier. Let's welcome in somebody who was right there, Dave McMiniman. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from what you heard from both Kobe Altman and also the owner, Dan Gilbert? My biggest takeaway, Jamel, was I stepped into some sort of bizarre world for 40 minutes today where the brass of the Cleveland Cavaliers will not acknowledge that their star or second best star in Kyrie Irving did request a trade. Uh, they wouldn't confirm that yet. You know, 20 minutes into the press conference, Dan Gilbert's comparing the situation that Kyrie's in to the situation that Kobe Bryant was in back in 2007 when, yeah, Kobe requested a trade then. <laughs> Just admit it. Be level with us. Be straight. Uh, they wouldn't do that. Uh, they also painted a picture of you know, uh, roses and sugar plums and rainbows and everything is good between LeBron and Kyrie, uh, despite the fact that, you know, Kyrie unfollowed him on Instagram today and <laughs> may have put up a trolling video with uh, Skylar Gray's I'm Coming Home. I, I, I don't know. I'm still processing what we saw there. Dave, excuse me for Wait, you said a trolling video. What do you got? You think, you think Kyrie ever was trolling LeBron James? Well, you think he was just singing that song out out of happiness that man I'm leaving Asia he is coming from back Asia. to U.S. soil? He is, yeah, he is coming from overseas. He All is coming the songs home. Songs to pick though, right, man. Dave? See McMenamin, you're the people talk that they're talking about <laughs> McMenamin. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to create that drama. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Whether it was or not, yeah. Whether it was or not, uh, the the unfollow on Instagram certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, but you know. Maybe this is a sign of optimism on the Cavs' side trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And they have canvassed the league and listened to trade opportunities. And as we hear, of course, you know, Ian Begley reporting that the Knicks are kind of falling out of it. And, uh, you know, if the Celtics aren't going to give up the assets they'd want, and if Minnesota ends up extending Andrew Wiggins, as it appears those Mm -hmm. sides are starting to talk, Minnesota kind of falls out of the situation. And they're starting to look at it and saying, you know what? We're probably going to have these guys back together, so let's start repairing that bridge. All right, Dave McMenamin, thanks for the insight, man. I'm sorry for blocking you and reporting you as spam. <laughs> we can no longer coexist on ESPN. <laughs> okay, coming up next on The Six, Alabama coach Nick Saban joins us and discusses what his granddaughter thought of him chewing out Lane Kiffin. So, Coach, you've been talking football all day. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk family. How's your grandbaby doing? She's doing fabulous, and... Um, you know, it, it makes you change a little bit. Just like when you have children, I think you change a little bit. When you have grandchildren, you change a little bit. Like, I got to change my sideline deal. When I got mad on the sidelines this year at one of our coaches in a Western Kentucky game, um, she, was watching, she, was wa- <laughs> she was watching She she was. was watching the game. Really? All right, so she looks at her dad and she says, why is Papa mad? So then the next time she sees me, she says, Papa, why are you mad? So I don't, I don't, I don't want her to think I'm a mad person. Okay. So when she asked you that, what did you say? I said, it's a part of me being a coach. Sometimes I have to be intense. Okay. Well, so are you going to be more mellow now? When we see a, a kinder, gentler Nick on the sideline, it'll be because of your granddaughter. 
Well, I, I can't promise. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, if she is watching the sideline annex, does she not watch the press conferences? Now, I, I covered you for a year at Michigan State, and your press conferences were never as lit as they are at Alabama. Um, and, in fact, it's become a bit of a running theme on our show because I, unfortunately, have learned how to imitate you a little bit. Because I know when you're mad because you start talking with your hands on beat just like this. And that's when I know you're upset. And don't forget the table bang. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. the table bang. So that's always like the indication. Um, you know, you had the, the rant the day one of spring practice when you were asked about the ball control offense. <laughs> can you feel these coming on? I'm just curious. Like, can you feel like um, you're, that you're getting a little agitated? Well, I, I can feel it. But, I, but sometimes... I hate to admit this. I'm not as agitated as I look. I, I don't. It's not an emotional thing. I think I'm trying to send a message a lot of the times that I don't really want our team to think we're going to be a ball ball control team because we have good skill guys. And one of the goals that we have in the off season is to get better at passing the ball. All right. So some of the assumptions that are made, you know, and stories that are created that really don't even exist in the media. I really try to use my personality to diffuse these things the best I can. And to show a little emotion sometimes is a good way to do that. There was a quote I saw from you this offseason, and I, I didn't know if it was from this Nick Saban or another one. It, it, something about you appreciating the media. Like you were no, really, I do appreciate the media. Yeah. Really? I appreciate <laughs> the fact that you all create a lot of interest in our sport, and it's great for the fans, and it creates a lot of uh, fan interest, which in turn makes it very interesting for the players and exciting for the players because there is this interest and enthusiasm. But that doesn't mean I have to have a tolerance when you don't get it right. <laughs> right. No, because no, I have to admit my favorite phrase that you've used um, when you were, you know, in, in one of these sort of moods was, what does through a tin horn mean? <laughs> <laughs> Is that West Virginia coming out in you? <laughs> that means it's running through fast, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, who, little resistance. <laughs> who gives better press conference, you or Bill? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Somebody else would have to judge that. <laughs> it's obviously not the first season that didn't finish like you would like, but were they especially important to you this offseason, the way it ended in terms of moving past it, or like you said, keeping it in perspective? Did you really have to lean on your family this offseason? Well, I, I think that um, I, me personally, yeah. it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss for everybody. It was a tough loss for our players. And... Um, I think the big thing that I tried to get everyone to realize and understand is we have to learn from this. You know, we have to grow from this. We have to move forward. We have to move on. But there are lessons to learn. Ownership and accountability have been the two things that have helped us be successful uh, with our good teams more than anything else. And I felt like our team lost that a little bit, you know, from the SEC championship game last year. We had that long time to the playoffs, um, to the championship game. The bar in Alabama, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, it's just always ridiculously high. The bar is not only high for the program, but it's, but it's high for you as a coach because of the talent you've been able to bring in and, and what you've been able to produce there. And so I'm wondering um, for you personally, like what kind of keeps you going uh, as you've had all this uh, success? 
Well, I usually answer that with the fact that I hate to lose. <laughs> so you can't lose the last game, but you can't lose the next one. And um, I think it's the challenge of a new team. Uh, it's the challenge of you know, a lot of different roles that guys are going to play. Guys that were starters have to become leaders. Guys that didn't play have to become starters. And it takes a tremendous amount of discipline. You know, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this before to anyone publicly, but I always define discipline a little bit different with our players because they can relate to it because we all do this 100 times a day. You know, and there's some sign up in the locker room that says discipline is due what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to get done, do the right thing the right way, the right time, all the time. But the way I define it is, here's something I know I'm supposed to do that I really don't want to do. Can you make yourself do it? And over here, there's something that you know you're not supposed to do, but you want to do it. Can you keep yourself from it? I imagine along with those challenges, you also, I mean, there are many frustrations, especially with some of the things happening uh, in college football. Um, I know one of those frustrations is the early signing period um, and how you think that might impact the game. Uh, are there some other things that you've seen that make you wonder about the direction and where college football is headed that have are a particular source of, of passion and even, again, frustration for you? Well, I have a completely different perception. I wish that we would play all Power 5 schools there would be no playing any school from one double A that's not in a Power Five conference. Just like in the NFL, you play all NFL teams. Right. You don't play three teams from Canada or the Canadian League or whatever so you can get your record good enough so you can go to a bowl game. And I think there would be more fan interest. Uh, I think it would be better for TV. Uh, I think that you could lose more than one game and still have the opportunity to get in the playoff. Um, and maybe if that were the case and we did that, people wouldn't be so worried about winning six games to go to a bowl game, and maybe we'd expand the playoff, which would even create more interest. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, Coach, for joining us and being our very first guest in the SC6 suite. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know what time it is. Um, talk about some disappointing your kids. Not time for Harden to paint. Do it too much. Either way. Texas Rangers fan dropped a foul ball coming right at him during last night's game. Also lost his beer in the process. Look at his son's disappointment. I'm disappointed, that, honestly, that we're including this. Like, what's this guy supposed to do? This guy, he tried. See, if he'd have gone out of his way, hurt his wife or his kid, you'd have him in DTM for, you know, injuring his family. Now we're going to ridicule him for not catching it. Bear oh, the lesson is stop acting like foul balls. Come on, the way. end all, be all, okay? I love the chip that Dane Lillard has on his shoulder. He's frustrated with our own Tom Haberstroh tweeting, Bro, I'm really tired of y'all throwing my name around. Watch your tone and help me <laughs> with, with the, the sale. sale. You know, right. he said, Maybe you should check my track record. Over 500 in the playoffs every year. Stro didn't mean anything. Bye. Yeah, I was just did. saying that Kyrie's not so much Kobe as he is. Was it Dame Lillard? What is, and, what is the juxtaposition? It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. Why you got to use me as an example? Right. I feel some kind of way. Like, this is here and you're here. Like, a lot of guys overstate the disrespect. I don't think it's an overstatement for Damian Lillard. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. Going back to this Kyrie everything. Everybody talking about him Snapchat video of him singing, I'm coming home. Because he is returning from China. That's not a shot at LeBron. He said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? So of all I'm going to beat LeBron songs, in his own game. 
the songs to pick. Stop it. This ain't a Why sports did he, It's plenty of songs Stop. about going home. Stop. Why did he pick? He's been in Asia once Why did he have to sing a song? his shoe. And why did he have to do it? Because he's coming home. But Yo. why did... Mr. See? Fantastic out here reaching. I'm not reaching. But that's just an interesting song choice to pick. Golly, man. Well, I mean, you know, just so happens to be named after. This is not the same as Meek Mill. The Meek Mill LeBron thing was a shot. Okay. not so much. Let's talk about something positive, like Lyft and Taco Bell. Getting together to introduce Lyft Taco Mode. Your ride Brilliant. will now bring you through a Taco Bell <laughs> drive through I know. This is doing too much in a good way, right? I, believe it or not, I just used Uber Eats for the first time like a couple weeks ago. Yet. It is brilliant. Now, I, I really haven't cooked the last since doing the show. Now, I really won't. Um, also, what's Coke Zero doing? So instead of it being referred to as Coke Zero, it's now Coke Zero Sugar. Isn't that redundant? Yeah. Or Coke Zero Sugar. Is it no right. sugar? I think it means it does have sugar. I don't know. Right. But either way... This is the sports news you need right now. <laughs> Maurice Allen, you won the Mile High Showdown World Long Drive event, and he reminded us whether you like him or love him, <laughs> he's the best thing going in the world. Woo! Hey man, somebody asked me before how I feel, so I guess the best thing I can tell you is you're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond ring-wearing, kid-stealing, wheeling-dealing, Jet limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And I got the hardest time holding these alligators down. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. One of the great philosophers of our time. Also Rick said Flair. that he doesn't care what Sports Center says because long drivers are the best athletes in the world. This Sports Center's not arguing. I'm sold. I'm in. I'm in on this he, guy. I've never seen somebody hit a, a tee shot that aggressively. Like his entire. Since Happy Gilmore. But his entire might is in this shot. Uh, but more than anything, I'm so happy that the Ric Flair, I think they announced today, that when it, with the 30 for 30 will actually be premiering. Way to tie it all. Way to tie it all together because Ric Flair is a man like that. You know who's the man today? Red Sox prospect Raphael Devers. His first big league hit was a homer. Youngest Red Sox player to homer since Tony C in 65. And they got Eduardo Nunez. And they won 4 nothing. And sailed Katie 11 over 7. They went hard in the paint. Team USA going for their 14th straight unbeaten. Match. When did you turn into the black? We got Taylor Clint Twelman. Dempsey looking to break a tie with Landon Donovan. I'm trying to be your Taylor Twelman. I'm trying to be the man I you need to be. I talked to the black Taylor Twelman, but there's no replacing Taylor. The anyway. father and son that made everybody cry last year after Devin Fowler gifted a brand new baseball bat to his son. They're back, and so is the bat. Check this out. I got it! Yeah! Yeah! I got it, bro! Of course, baby! Yeah! Thanks, Homer, kid! Thank you, boo! Can you believe that? That's tremendous, That right? I've never seen. I've never seen somebody record themselves catching the ball. Right. <laughs> the bat that he made him cry with. This story just keeps getting better. It better. does. Just shows his versatility. And again, a heartwarming moment. Just as heartwarming as when he gave the son the bat. I remember I had all the feels when I saw this happen. And same here, seeing him catch his son's home run. So, sure, it's a beautiful moment for both of them. All right. Uh, ESPN 300 quarterback Brevin White has committed to Princeton despite having offers from Washington, Arizona State, and Tennessee, among others. Good day yeah, for the Ivy League. Ivy League commits as we started doing this a couple of years back, four-star. I, I had letters from Princeton back I in my what? playing days. See, I, I had the grades, dog. I had Catch the grades. Letters. You don't believe I ball. Did Eli confirm that he was They recruited me. Come on, I mean, Mike. You got to think something better than that. <laughs> have I ever lied? No lie. I would play slip inside, slide, soap hockey or whatever this is. You would play this? 
Oh, of course I would. Why, you wouldn't? Well, you are pretty good at falling, so it kind of makes sense. And running and playing it off. <laughs> right, exactly. I fall all the time. <laughs> it does look fun. All right, before we call it a day, let's tell people had a good day. First of all, a couple of big fellas cashing in big time. Falcons nose tackle Don Terry Poe weighed in under 330, earning a $125,000 bonus. And Vikings and defensive end Everson Griffith agreed to a four-year contract extension worth $58 million, including $34 million in guarantees. Congratulations. All right, $150, uh, not quite what a Julio Jones uh, earring would cost. All right, Steph Curry, he helped the view surprise disabled vet Tim Burkhead, who is a huge Steph Curry fan with a brand new house. It was a beautiful and lovely moment. All right, it's been a beautiful and lovely show and a beautiful and lovely night for the beautiful game. I no Taylor Twelman. I'm speaking your love language right now. That's it for the six more sports centers. You can't be you, Taylor. <laughs>